You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello again, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and today's show is our first pre-2019 NFL draft show. Hopefully, you have been following and reading a lot of the, uh, the commentary at Big Blue View from myself, Pat Trena, work from Chris Flum and Dan Pizzuta, all of the uh, the the content that we've been producing since the draft began on Thursday night. Obviously, quite a a lively discussion over the Giants' decision to choose Daniel Jones, the Duke quarterback, at number six in the draft. You know whether or not that decision turns out to be the right one is one that we won't know, you know, for several years until we find out what sort of quarterback Jones develops into at the NFL level and what sort of team the Giants put around him. But you know, we've we've I've spent a lot of words, uh, I've spent a lot of time writing about this at Big Blue View. You guys uh, who have have read a lot of that work, you know where I stand on that right now. I'm not going to spend today's show going over and over that opinion instead of listening to uh, to my opinion what i'm going to do today is bring in scott wright draft analyst from draftcountdown.com and we're going to talk to scott about his thoughts on what dave gettleman and the giants did here in the 2000 19 draft. So, you know, without any further delay, let's bring Scott in right now and get to that discussion. All right, Giants fans, I'm joined now by Scott Wright, draft analyst from Draft Countdown, and we're going to uh, spend some time reviewing what the what the Giants did during the draft. How you doing today, Scott? I'm doing excellent. It's hard to believe the draft is over. Uh, it's always a bit of a letdown when you build to it all year long, and it seems like in the blink of an eye it's it comes and goes. But the great thing about the NFL draft is even when it's over, the next one's less than a year away. Oh, please, just don't post a mock draft already. <laughs> <laughs> they're out there, man. If you want I, them, they're out there. They're not going to be accurate this time of year, but they're out there. I know I saw one, and the only the only good takeaway I got from it was that the Giants didn't have a top ten pick in the uh, in in that particular mock. So, so I'll I'll take that. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, but, but you know what? NFL scouts, they're looking ahead. I mean, not only are they looking now, they've been looking at 2020 prospects for a month. You know, they've moved ahead well before the draft comes along. So it's a, it truly is a year-long process. We kind of joke about it, but for the NFL, they're well into 2020. Oh, sure. Their work on these kids was done, on these kids that were in this draft class that was just concluded. Their work was done, you know, months and months ago. Yeah, for sure, by the end of March, once all those pro days wrapped up. So, yeah, they've, they've turned their attention, and now they're getting ready pretty soon here in the next uh, – month they'll be getting together to go over their spring grades and and start anew and and it's fun it's fun to uh, not only talk about what actually happened instead of speculating but uh then we get a whole new crop of players to begin uh, analyzing and dissecting well let's let's analyze and dissect and and talk about what the giants just did and you know uh before we started you and i were talking a little bit uh offline here off air and, and i said you know back in the day the Giants made headlines for for winning things. They they made the back page of the of the New York tabloids for for winning things, and and you know not for the various moves that they made. But uh, boy, they sure are interesting these days. <laughs> interesting and not necessarily in a good way, but uh, yeah, I mean certainly that's that's this, one of the storylines of this draft. And you know when we look back five years from now, that's one of the moments that uh, that this draft is we remembered for, for better or worse. Uh, and that's, of course, the Giants taking Daniel Jones at number six overall. But ultimately, I, I don't consider that a huge surprise. I mean, I had had him going to the Giants for months and months. I thought it would be at 17. But, you know, the case people made, and I tend to agree with it, is if you have that much of a conviction on a quarterback and you think he's your guy, why wait till 17 and risk losing him? Just take him at six. Now, if it works out, great. That's not too early. It's impossible to overpay for a, a good quarterback. If he turns out to be even an average starting quarterback, they got a steal with the number six overall pick, but if if he uh, if if he struggles, uh, it's going to make that decision last year to pass on Sam Darnold and all those other quarterbacks look all that much worse. So I don't think it's a a stretch to say this is a a franchise defining decision for at least the next half decade and and arguably a career defining decision for Dave Gettleman. If this doesn't work out, uh, th- or if it does, this is kind of what he's going to be remembered for at least the latter part of his career. Oh, it most certainly is, and and you know we we have to uh, we have to, I have to pound uh, pound my chest a little bit here because you you initially made that claim about Daniel Jones right here on this show, so you know let's uh, let I'm going to take some credit there, you know, for for giving you the the forum to do that, and uh, you know just just pound my chest a little bit. Well, I appreciate it, and I look back, and I remember doing that show. It was in February, and I remember the reaction from Giants fans at the time wasn't uh, very positive. They weren't uh, necessarily in the, ca- the in the corner of Daniel Jones at that time. Since then, when it became looking like he's a possibility, and now since he's been drafted, have Giants fans talked themselves into him, or has that process begun, or is it still uh, uh, all negative? Well... Obviously, the, the reaction, and you never know if it's a minority of, of of people, but you know, people who disagree with any decision, there's always this vocal outrage or outcry, and I think a lot of that is what we're hearing and seeing is is the people that didn't like it are are venting their frustration, they're venting their anger, you know, I. I pulled each and every pick that the Giants made during the draft. I pulled those picks at Big Blue View. And I think it's the first time in in the history of doing those things that a pick ever got an F. 
and I think 56% of people that voted in that poll, you know, gave the the selection of Jones at number six and F. If that, uh, I think that tells you how the fan base feels. I've got to say, as someone without a horse in the race, I absolutely loved watching all the reaction videos on social media of Giants fans when that pick was announced. They are uh, pretty priceless, ranging from ranging from just absolute rage to just disbelief and just staring around, like wondering what just happened uh, and everything in between. It's just uh, uh, it's pure gold. It, it certainly is. It was, and and the reaction, you know, was to be expected. But I think as I wrote Sunday at Big Blue View. You know, my take is this, and I think it's similar to yours. Look, we don't know if Dave Gettleman's judgment here is going to be right. You know, as much as you do this for a living, and I have guys at my site like Mark Schofield who study quarterbacks for a living, you know, and, and you know, as you wrote in your draft review, it's not the choice you would have made to take Jones at six. You know, Mark didn't have Jones. I think he had Jones as the fifth or sixth ranked quarterback on his board. You know, but the fact of the matter is it doesn't matter if there were two teams, as some have indicated. It doesn't matter if there were two teams that would have taken Jones before the Giants had a chance to at six. It doesn't matter what any of us really think. We don't know for certain if Jones is going to be better than than Dwayne Haskins. We don't know if he's going to be better than Trace McSorley, who was the last quarterback drafted, or Brett Rippon, who didn't even get drafted. You know, what matters really is this is the conviction that that Dave Gettleman had. This is what he believed, and he was willing to stake the franchise, you know, his reputation on that. And the Giants go forward from there. I give him credit for that. Yeah, I'd rather have an option in the building than not, like they did last year. I mean, at, at least now there's a guy that that you can, if things start going poorly late in the season, say, hey, let's take. We got somebody we can take a look at now. So, so uh, I, I, I kind of, as a general rule, when it comes to the NFL draft, I try not to criticize teams for what they do at the quarterback position because I'd rather see them try and at least swing or take the shot rather than just spin your wheels for a decade with Andy Dalton. I mean, I mean, to me, that's the worst possible thing for an NFL team. So, so keep swinging. Uh, and and the, the key for this now, what I, would scare me more so than anything if I were the Giants fans, is is Gettleman being too attached to this pick. You look what happened in Jacksonville, Blake Bortles. That general manager was just, he was so all in on Blake Bortles and, and was going to try to make that work at all costs. And he probably strung it out two years longer than he should have. So, so if it doesn't work out, is Gettleman going to be reluctant to cut the cord? Who knows? If it doesn't work out, Gettleman might not be there to make the call. But but that's something that would concern me. But uh, but at least they have an option now. They, they took a shot, which is which is more than they did last year, and uh, um, it's 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 going to be fascinating to watch. And, and Gettleman, I, I wonder if he even you know watching him. Do you think he understands kind of the 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 long term implications? Does he understand the view of Daniel Jones, and, and or, or does, do you think the reaction surprises him? No, I don't think the reaction surprises him at all. To be honest with you, and I mean he's. He's been hearing criticism from the New York media, you know, from certain segments of the media. He's been hearing outrage about a lot of his decisions for a while. He gets it. I'm, I'm not sure that, that he appreciates it. I'm sure he doesn't appreciate it. But knowing Gettleman, I don't think he cares. I mean, he says, look, he says, I've been 
part of seven different teams that won the, or that have been to the Super Bowl. He said, I know what this is supposed to look like. For me, the one question on his resume has always been, you know, can he pick a quarterback? And he's, you know, he's pushed his chips to the table now. And, and in three or four years, we'll know if he's right. Uh, you know, a lot of people think he, he was crazy to, to go with Jones, but, I think uh, you know you and I would agree. I think that inside the NFL, I think Jones was viewed a lot differently than he was outside yes. by analysts like yourself and 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 many others who 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 weren't really that appreciative of Jones. Yep, absolutely. He's been on the NFL radar for for a long time, well before this draft cycle even. And and that's the I think the important thing before we we move on from that pick. I think it's important to to note. It seems like we're digging on Daniel Jones, and he's not without redeeming qualities. I had him as one of the fifty best players in this whole draft. Um, he's got the prototypical size. His arm is strong enough. He's very smart. Um, you know, he, there's a lot to like about him. Honestly, my biggest concern is durability. Because he's been hurt, even going back to high school, like two of the last three or three of the last four, or something like that. Uh, so that's kind of what concerns me more than anything else. And yeah, he might not have as much upside as some of the other quarterbacks in this class, but I would make a strong argument that he has a much higher floor than Dwayne Haskins or or Drew Locke, so or Kyler Murray for that matter. So so Daniel Jones, it's it, it could be a whole lot worse. Uh, it, it's not like uh, they took a late round pick at the top of the draft. He was going in the first round if they didn't take him and. And, you know, what it goes back to Gettleman's conviction on him. And, and in a way, you have to admire that. That uh, and, and I think, you know, anybody who, who is involved with the draft, covers it, analyzes the prospects, you, you have to have that certain degree of confidence in yourself that, that you're right. And, and Gettleman certainly has that with Daniel Jones. And only time will tell who was right. But, uh, but I, I admire the gumption. And he has staked his legacy. He's staked, you know, the the next four or five years, the future of of the Giants on that. But Scott, you know, we could we could talk about we could talk about that forever. But let's move on a little bit. Let's talk about some of the other picks that the Giants made. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending. Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Just sort of for me, give me, you know, other after the quarterback pick, give me your favorite pick, maybe your favorite value you know, among, you know, the, the other nine picks that the Giants made? I mean, I could give you a bunch, but I'll, I'd start with the next one. Uh, the, at 17 overall, the pick they got for Odell Beckham, Dexter Lawrence, the defensive tackle from Clemson. I, I was a big fan of his. I had him as one of the 10 best players in this whole draft, regardless of position. To me, he is a special prospect, a, a special physical specimen. There is not a Dexter Lawrence in every draft. Uh, and, and, you know, when I was working on the reviews, I, I, which are up on the site of the first round picks, I, I, I thought it was uh, apropos that the team that took Dexter Lawrence is the team of George Young, you know, who's, who's of course, famous for his, his planet theory that there are only so many big men who run fast on the planet, so you take them. And Dexter Lawrence, I mean, he is the prototypical example of that. And, and people are talking, I mean, there's no question, everyone agrees he's a dominant run stuffer taking up space in the middle, but 
the knock on him is he's not a great pass rusher. And it's true, he's not going to be Aaron Donald racking up double-digit sacks on a yearly basis there in the middle. But uh, he's a much better pass rusher, I think, than given credit for just because Clemson's D-line was so strong. They didn't need to have him in there on passing downs. They'd bring in Albert Huggins, who's in the NFL now, too. So uh, they, they, I think that was more a lack of opportunity than a lack of ability with Dexter Lawrence. So uh, I really like that pick uh, for them. And, and like I say, another – I mean, if you're going to say which, which of these guys are the Giants type, Daniel Jones and Dexter Lawrence would both be on the short list. It, it's funny because you and I had talked about this a while ago and I talked about this with, with a couple of other draft analysts. And it's so funny because – People that have done this for a while both, you know, had had said to me, and and I kind of saw it a little bit as well, that both, if the Giants had types, both Daniel Jones and Dexter Lawrence are guys that that fit the type of players that that you would have pegged, you know, for the Giants for the last 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah, and, and, and you know, in, in the 20 years I've been covering the draft and probably the decade or two before, the Giants have changed the least amount of any other team. And some of that's good. I mean, they've had a lot of success in that time range, and, and currently they're going through a rough patch. But but they have a very specific philosophy, and and uh, and that's what they're going to stick with and, until things change. And and I think when they brought Dave Gettleman in in this, le- in this most recent front office change, when they brought in David Gettleman, that was kind of a recommitment ceremony, if you will, to to that same uh, approach. So uh, definitely wasn't surprised to see either of those guys. And, and then the other thing that I really liked, I guess, about the Giants class is is they just they, they just hit cornerback early and hard. And, and and I like that when a team has an obvious deficiency, bring in a bunch of guys. Uh, you know, we saw the Packers do that last year. Uh, their top couple picks were uh, were cornerbacks, and uh, they got some good ones. Uh, starting with DeAndre Baker from Georgia, they traded up to get that third first round pick and. You know, I, I honestly, I don't know if he was that much better than the other options I, that I would have traded up for him, but he was obviously the guy they liked, and they went and get him, and, and I never fault the team for that. Don't forget, their third-round pick was used in a supplemental draft on Sam Beals coming back from an injury, but then they got a couple really good ones, too, on day day three. Uh, and Julian Love, cornerback from Notre Dame, who fell uh, you know, a round or two later than expected, but uh, what, one thing that I like to do is when you talk to fan bases, what do they think of the players? You know, they're, they're passionately involved. They've seen everything. Notre Dame fans will tell you how much they like Julian Love and how important he was to that team. So uh, an underrated guy. And then I, I like the Corey Ballantyne pick, too, out of Washburn in the sixth round. And, you know, thoughts are with him, that, that, that unfortunate accident after the draft where his friend was killed and, and he was shot. And hopefully it sounds like he's going to be all right and hope that's the case. But I thought he was going to go around earlier. I thought he was a fifth-round pick and a really good natural athlete. So so they've got some really interesting competition now at cornerback. And, and I feel like one way or another, that position is going to be solved now because they, they went and hit it so hard. So, again, Again, you know, that, kudos to them for for identifying an area they wanted to upgrade and making sure the gut job got done. It you know it is interesting. I mean, the Giants. I think they they took the uh, Examines as the edge rusher at the end of of the third round, but they did you know go really heavy on corner and and people are still sort of but but they didn't get an edge rusher you know that's they didn't they they passed on Josh Allen in the first round for Daniel Jones, which. You know, Dave Gettleman admitted that that was a very difficult thing for him to do. You know, knowing you know as much as he loves the 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 edge rushers, the the hog mollies, those kinds of guys. 
but there's there's more than one way to build a defense. There's more than one way to help a pass rush, and, and I think that the Giants accumulated, at least my perspective is, they accumulated a lot of quality talent. Yeah, and, and I like Ziminis. He was a guy at one point was being talked about as maybe a, a player who could sneak into the latter part of the first round, and so uh, I, I think he's a really good player. He's not explosive. Uh, he's he's more of a crafty pass rusher, more of a, a power guy, but. Uh, just really solid. He's assignment sound, so uh, a good player, and and kind of fits into that 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 mold that uh, that James Betcher has had success with over the years. So uh, I think he's going to be a really good fit there, and that was a good value for the third round. And 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 by then the, the pass rushers were starting to kind of dry up. They they kind of got in on the very tail end of that uh, of that top group. Uh, so uh, you know they waited probably as long as they possibly could have to get a pass rusher, but they still wound up getting a good one. Yeah, I am going to have to work on figuring out how to pronounce that young man's name. You know what? I talked to him about the Senior Bowl and interviewed. I can tell you for sure. It's O'Shane Ziminis. Ah, good, good. All right. So I won't I won't butcher it when I get to talk to him then. I, I, I uh, messed it up a little bit, and he corrected me, so it stuck in my head. Ziminis. Ziminis. All right. I am, I'm going to have to practice that one. Anyway, Scott, let's do this. We, you know, let's overall, I think, there's a lot more to like in this Giants draft, I think, than than people may give it credit for, you know, especially since there's still, you know, people who want to throw their remote through the TV or their laptop out the window when they think about the Daniel Jones pick. But look at looking at what they did. Is there one move, is there one pick that you can think of, you know, other than Daniel Jones? You know, is there one that's a that's a head scratcher for you? How about what they didn't do? How about not didn't bring in a, a solid blocker to shore up that offensive line a little more? I guess that's the that's what kind of stands out to me looking at their draft class. And you're right. I mean, this dra- it's far from a disaster. There's a lot to like about what they did, but ultimately, at the end of the day, the only one who's truly going to make a difference is Daniel Jones. I mean, that's the pick that's going to determine whether the Giants are contending for a spot in the playoffs or the Super Bowl in the next five years, or if they're picking at the top of the draft in five years. Uh, so so as good as I, I love Dexter Lawrence, uh, I love those corners they took, but ultimately it, it all comes back to that quarterback. And what's going to be interesting is seeing the transition and how that's handled uh, because they've obviously been been very careful with Eli and that relationship. But if things start to go south and come around midseason, it looks like they're out of it. Are they going to be willing to make that switch? And is Eli going to be okay with that? Because they tried to make the switch on him a couple years ago and play a young guy, and uh, they just fired the guys who made that decision and, and put Eli back in. It is most definitely a, a very interesting time for the Giants. You know, as you said, they do have you know they do have the the succession plan in place now. Be interesting to see how this all unfolds. Uh, as you said, it'll be really interesting if they're not doing well this year. It'll be interesting to see how quickly they go to Daniel Jones. Scott, I always appreciate your time and your insight. Just remind folks where they can find your work, where they can find you on Twitter, and know what you might have coming up. Yeah, check me out at draftcountdown.com. I got my review of all the first-round picks up. I'm already counting down to the 2020 NFL Draft. Uh, It's less than a year away. And then also you can follow me on Twitter at Draft Countdown. All right, Scott, thank you much for your time. We'll talk to you again. Anytime. Thanks for having me.
Okay, Giants fans, our thanks to Scott Wright for spending some time with us, shedding some uh, some light on his thoughts, his opinions on what the Giants did in this draft class. You know, Scott's opinion seems to be that uh, you know that there's a lot more to like in this draft class than than angry fans, you know, who are who still can't get past the Daniel Jones selection. Uh, there's a lot more to like than than people really want to uh, want to admit. Anyway, Giants fans, we thank you for listening. As always, uh, please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. And you know when you're out there arguing about uh, whatever the Giants do, whether it's the Jones decision, whatever choice it is. Um, you know, whatever it is with the Giants, please remember, try to be nice to each other. All right. Thank you very much. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.